You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's now time for A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. From amazing stories to colorful personalities, join us as we go in-depth with the men and women that make up the Oakland Athletics Organization. It all starts right now. Chris Townsend with you here for another edition of A's Unfiltered. And what we have for you in this edition, it's going to be all A's, whether it's going to be players or it's going to be coaches. You're going to hear from Marcus Simeon. You're going to hear from Matt Williams. You're going to hear from Josh Fegley and also Scott Emerson, the pitching coach. And let's start out with Marcus Simeon. Marcus really has been one of the best stories in baseball. If you remember back, Marcus led the league in airs. And that number was generous because he w- he was helped out by the first baseman quite a bit. That number could have been worse. And there was a lot of people out there that didn't believe that Marcus Simeon could play shortstop. And why does this organization keep running him out there? Is it fair to him? Obviously, he has the power. Obviously, he can hit. He's athletic. Why not stick him in the outfield? That was the thinking. And they brought in Ron Washington. And boy, did they work. And they worked hard. And they did it out in front of everybody, too. Not every professional athlete wants to be broken down like that and go back to the basics and do it in front of everybody. But that's the kind of guy Marcus Simeon is. He didn't care what anybody thought. All he wanted to do was get better. And because he did that, and everybody has seen that, Marcus Simeon, no doubt, has become a leader on this ball club. You have to perform, no question. But the fact that He shows up every day, he plays hard, he plays the right day, and he produces. He has become a leader by his work ethic. He has become a leader by saying, look at me, this is how you do it. Marcus Simeon is one of the great stories, and here is the A shortstop with us on A's Cast Live. Marcus Simeon is with us here on A's Cast Live. Thank you for coming over. We always appreciate your time. Well, right now for you, I was looking it up. You got a career high 10 game hitting streak. You're hitting 386 during that time, five extra base hits, nine RBIs. You're recently the American League Player of the Week. Just what's going so good for you at the plate right now? Well, I think I'm just uh, catching up to the fastball. You know, that's, you know, there's a lot of velocity in this game now, and if you're not on the fastball, then you're going to have trouble. Uh, then you feel like you have to cheat on the on the fastball, and then you're early on the breaking ball. So that's that's my main key right now, and just doing my homework on who I'm facing, and uh, it's been you know right on point right now. Yeah, the velocity we're seeing it's record velocity everywhere in baseball. When did you really start to notice that? Did you start seeing it when you're in a Cal, or was it in the minor leagues? It seems everybody everybody coming out of the bullpen now is throwing 97, 98. Yeah, I think it was um, maybe two, three years ago, actually, just the, uh, even the starters, you know, they're all throwing hard. Uh, the velocity in the bullpen is, you know, it's unbelievable. So you got to be ready for that fastball. Yeah, because uh, it, 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 the guys that we got coming out of the bullpen, you're seeing them, you're seeing them out at shortstop. When you got, you got guys throwing 98, 97, and, and the crazy thing for me is it's just not 98, 97 and straight. You got these guys throwing 97. It's sinking, it's moving, it's cutting. How, I mean, how tough is that as a hitter? It's it's the toughest time to be a hitter right now because everybody's throwing a two-seam and a four-seam. The four-seam is straight, usually uh, has more life, more ride on it up in the zone. Uh, and then the sinker, is uh, it's running in. If, you're, if it's a righty on righty, it's running in. So as a hitter, you want to know which one you're getting so that you can either get on top of the four-seam or get under the two-seam. But when you don't know which one it is, you're going to have trouble. Yeah, I think about the game in Texas where you had four hits, and that, that was one that impressed me so much because one of the hits was, was a pulled home run, and then three of the hits, including an opposite field home run, went the other way. You were going foul pole to foul pole. Is that when you know you're really feeling it and seeing it when you're going foul pole to foul pole? Yeah, I mean, that just means that I'm covering the whole plate. You know, I want to stay in the strike zone, but you want to cover the entire plate, 17 inches. 
Um, if they're throwing you fastballs away, hopefully you can take your base hit to right. If they hang a breaking ball up and in, maybe you can pull it for a home run or a fastball in like, like the one off Lynn, you can pull it for a home run. So that's a good place to be. When I think about you playing every single day, teams don't want people playing every single day. They want you to take a day here and there. What is it, the relationship between you and Bob, that, that, that he allows you to play every day? Well, I think it's just, um, you know, what you do before the game to get yourself ready. And, um, you know, I'm, I take pride in getting in the weight room and getting my, my work done out during BP um, and just taking care of your body, eating right. Uh, all those things add up to, uh, to me wanting to be out there every day and I feel good. And uh, when you're out there, you're able to produce. You know, the more you're out there, the more chances you have to produce. And that's why I want to be out there every day. And also to be out there every single day, you've got to be able to play with a little bit of pain. And that was one thing that we knew from Cal Ripken. Miguel Tejada here ha- had a great streak going. There's going to be times where you're banged up, and, but you're going to play through it. Yeah, I mean, it, right now I feel great, but you're right. When um, you know, Whether you go to a city where it's really hot and you, you, uh, you need to hydrate more or whatever, uh, or you just feel tired from that heat, uh, we're lucky to play here where it's cool, so your body, you, your body may be a little colder, but you, you're not going to uh, exert as much energy in the cool. Yeah, especially like a road trip. Speaking to that, playing in other places, Texas is going to be hot. You have to deal with the humidity, and then you got to go to Tampa, well, you're indoors, but now you're playing on the turf, and that's not easy on your legs. So talk about when you go on the road and how you manage your body because certain plays are really tough on you. Yeah, I think uh, the turf is worse on outfielders, honestly, just because you're standing in that turf. They probably have concrete right under the turf or whatever it is. But for me, I, do, I stay in the dirt, so it's not as bad when you go to Toronto or, um, you know, Tampa. So uh, I felt great out there. You know, one thing that, that gets me, you know, as, as we keep score for every single game is Marcus Simeon will be out in right field, and you get a ground ball into right field, and we have to have put it as a, a shortstop put out. It's mm. like, wait a minute, he's out in right field. When you started really doing the shifts, was it very odd that all of a sudden now you're playing on the grass in right field? And, I mean, what is that like for you? Yeah, it's a little – a little odd sometimes the grass snakes on you a little bit Uh, you get a little tougher hop Uh, I've had a a couple tough ones this year that I haven't made that I was pretty mad about but it's just you know every field's different so um, you know get some tough hops but I think that last year when Jed was here we we made the decision that I would go deep Chapman would uh, control the left side because he has the most range and it's been working out we just kept it that way with uh, now that Profar's here and then what determines your for the for the certain hitter? So for one hitter, you're going to be out in right field. Another hitter, you're going to come in and actually be like you're a second baseman. What makes that determination to put you out in right field? Uh, double play situation. So if there's a runner on first, I'm I'm going to stay closer to the bag and turn the double play, and pros going to stay in the infield. If there's a nobody on or a, a situation where it's not a double play, I'm going to go deep. But most of the time now, we've been um, playing straight up with the runner in scoring position because we don't want to get beat on a little ground ball through the left side. Well, that's the thing about Chapman, too, which, which, you know, noticing just how this game evolves, you know, it it takes one guy to put down a bunt to all of a sudden make Chapman start to come in a little bit more at at short, like he's he's a shortstop, but he's playing halfway. I mean, can you talk about the evolution of it, how you, have you, you've watched it change in your career and everybody's doing things differently? Yeah, I think that it, everybody's getting smarter with the shifts now. You're not just shifting no matter what the situation is. You're reading the situation. And, you know, Like I said, you don't want to give up a, a bunt hit or a, a soft ground ball with the runner on third, and your pitcher's not going to be happy. But um, b- before it used to just be straight up or shift. Now we're really trying to do our homework on What's the best situation here to shift or not? Uh, do we want to keep a guy in the ballpark by maybe making him hit a, a, a ground ball to the left side instead of pulling a home run? That's That goes into it too now. Who decides whether you shift or not? Uh, between Matt Williams, the infielders, and uh, Kantrovitz, you know, it's all three of those, uh, those people to determine it. And for us as infielders, we're out there on the field and we can see their swing the best. So uh, we can override it whenever we want. Have you seen pitchers pitch differently? Because I, I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know my infield behind me is doing this, 
but my strength is this. Might be different, right? I mean, I might be throwing something away where a guy can hit it to the other side. Chapman's not there at third base. Have you seen pitchers pitch different when you guys do shift? Uh, honestly, we adjust to them. So um, you might have noticed if Trinan's out there, we're not shifting much because he's throwing 98 mile an hour sinkers to a lefty and they can hit that ball the other way easier so i'll stay stay home there uh, maybe with bookter a lefty who good fastball away to a lefty you don't want to shift there either because they're going to hit i think fisher got him once I, I wasn't shifted but i wasn't over enough so there's certain guys you need to adjust to to make sure that uh, their strengths are you know we're, we're playing behind their strengths and this year now we're seeing shifting for right-handed hitters yeah, I feel like I get shifted um, a decent amount. Um, it's, you know, it's not fun. You, you know, you, you want to be able to just see the, the middle wide open, but sometimes it's not there. Yeah, everybody's taught hit back up the middle. Now there's a guy there, so it's changed. You know, we'll get you out of here, but but wanted to ask you about this. As the A's record through 69 games is 35 and 34, the A's record last year through 69 games was 34 and 35. So very similar where you guys are now, the same place you were last year, and then you guys took off. You got you starting to feel that momentum with the team? I think so. I think we're happy to be home in our home park. Uh, it was a long road trip. We actually did pretty well on it, and uh, we were coming off a five-game skid, so I think the momentum is there for us. We've got some reinforcements coming, uh, young pitching. You look at the, the two lefties coming up. Hopefully they're here soon. I can't wait to watch them pitch. Well, you're a class act. We always appreciate it. Good luck right. tonight in this homestand, and uh, keep killing it because right now, um, hey, when you're American League Player of the Week, a lot of things are going good for you, and happy Father's Day to you on Sunday. Oh, I appreciate No it. question, a leader by example, Marcus Simeon, and he's also really good people too. Just always love talking to Marcus. And I always like talking to a guy who had an unbelievable career. A five-time All-Star, a World Series champion, a four-time Gold Glover, a four-time Silver Slugger Award winner, led the National League in home runs in 1994, led the National League in RBIs in 1990, was also the manager of the year with uh, the Washington Nationals in 2014. 268 career average, 378 career home runs, 1,218 RBIs. Matt Williams was legit. He was one of the premier, if not the premier third baseman of his time. And just like Marcus works hard, that's the same thing with Matt Williams. Matt Williams has always worked hard. And he continues to do it now for Bob Melvin as the third base coach. I've been able to see him before games and all the stuff that he does where he hits fungos down the line so he sees in these foreign ballparks what the ball does off the walls and down the corners and everything, studies a ton of film. And I'd say for a guy who could have a really big ego for the kind of career he had, he doesn't. He's just a hard worker. He's old school. Here is my conversation with a man they call the Big Marine, Matt Williams. A five-time All-Star. Full-time, four-time gold glove winner. World Series champion in 2001. He led the National League in home runs. He led the National League in RBIs. And now he's doing a great job as the third base coach of your Oakland Athletics. Matt Williams, thank you so much for taking the time. I, we got such a cool setup, and I've wanted yeah. to have you on for a while. This is a very cool setup. You know, you get a chance to interact with all the guys, really. And aren't they fantastic? I mean, they're 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 willing to come over and chat for a little while and be part of y your show and be part of this city and this this great thing we're trying to put together here. Yeah, it, it, it really is a good group, isn't it? It is. That, you All you ask for as a coach and all that Bob asks for as the manager are willing participants, and they're willing to do whatever it is every day to win. They're willing to work. They're willing to sacrifice themselves with the better of the team. So uh, you can't ask for anything better. You know, I was talking about you on the last uh, road trip where it was in Texas. I saw you go out with the fungo and you're ripping balls down the right field line because it's got that funky right field line. And I'm like, here's somebody who's had such a accomplished career that you've had, but you love to coach yeah. and you love working hard. You've never lost that. No, it's it's part of it. Uh, you know, the the – the little things within this game are, are really important. So I, I have to understand as a third base coach what that ball does when it goes in the corner and evaluate that and the throwing accuracy and arm strength of the guy who's playing out there, the speed of the runner on the base, 
uh, where we're at in the game. Uh, all of those things come into play in a split second. So I, I want to be prepared just like these guys want to be prepared. You know, they go out and they take their batting practice, their ground balls. They, they get themselves physically ready to play every day. I have to do the same thing or I'm not uh, holding up my end of the bargain either. And then you've got to know everybody's arm. You've got to know everybody's arm left, center, right, the infielder's arms, whether you're going to send a guy to the plate. Like, how much video do you watch? What do you have to do to get prepared to just know everybody's arm strengths? Well, the first and foremost thing I have to do is is position our guys and understand that uh, who's pitching for us that night, what relievers may come in the game, what the tendencies of the other offense is, and adjust accordingly. And then when I get out, at third base, it's understanding the athleticism of, of the outfielders, what their arm strength is, their accuracy, and as you said, who's playing in the middle of the diamond. Because if the ball goes in the gap or if the ball goes down the line, that shortstop or that second baseman is going to handle the ball. So all of that comes into play. So during the course of the day, we have every piece of information that you could possibly want, down to video, down to tendencies, metrics, you name it. It's all there and available for us. So we try to put that all together and make a game plan as we step on the field and let them swing away. But yet you have to make split-second decisions based on all of that information you just brought up. And it's the closest thing to playing. You know, I've managed, and that's great, and I've I've coached first base, and that's great. But coaching third is the closest thing you can get to to managing. And the the fun part about it is that – you know, I get to, I get a chance to see the the look on Chappie's face when he's going first to home, and and that look is that he's going to do everything that he can possibly do uh, to touch home plate before the ball gets there, and that that's the fun part of it because they're they're eager, they're aggressive, they're they're willing. All of those things come into play, and it's it's fun to be over there and, and interacting with the guys. Chapman's a real special talent. Yeah, I mean, he is. you just think about. I mean, he really could play shortstop. Yeah. He's got the incredible arm. He's an incredible athlete. He's so strong and powerful. And I think it's got to be great that you're here, you've been there, you've done that, and that you guys are working together to make him the best he can be. Yeah, I marvel at him. I really do. I, you know, it's, it's one thing to play the position, but the feel that he has for the game, the feel that he has uh, not only uh, on defense but on the bases, um, his feel for what it takes at that particular moment during the course of a game and what we need – it's all there, and and I don't I don't know, you know we talked about it earlier in the season about, um, you know what's going to take him to the final level that he needs to get to, uh, and it, it we talked about you know he made the great play but sometimes he'd make make the oops play right it would be the normal grounder that it, that would, the throw would sail high to Ole at first base, we haven't seen much of that this year so I think he's taken the steps that he needs to take to get to the ultimate level I don't know if there's anybody better in the game. I watched Arenado for years in the National League, uh, and I can't say that he's any better than Chappie. Who would you compare him to when you played? Well, a couple of guys. Uh, the aggressiveness, um, it reminds me a lot of Ken Caminiti. Uh, Cammy was ultra-aggressive, diving all over the place. Um, and as, as I've seen him more and more, the, the power and the speed and the ability to hit the ball over the fence right-handed reminds me a lot of Scott Rowland. Scotty was a little bit bigger, but I mean, if if, if you want to be in in those guys' company, uh, you're you're a pretty good player, and I think Chappie is. This team got back to its winning ways when the first baseman came back, yeah. and we know about his power. But what can you say about a guy who's six five with the wingspan, his ability to pick it as good as anybody in the game, and what does that do to make all the other infielders better? Well, it shortens the field. So Chappie on this corner, Ole on the other corner. Uh, shortens the field. It, it, it crunches the field a little bit for us because they've got such great range. I mean, for Ole, Ole for me is a heavyweight that moves like a lightweight. Um, his hands are quick. He's got the ability to be accurate with the ball. Uh, we've seen him turn the double plays where he, he'll field the ball, get the ball to second base before Marcus even has a chance to get to the base. So he's leading him on the run, and Marcus is able to catch it, step on second, and return the throw easy to first for that double play. We've seen it a million times. So he's a heavyweight that work, that moves like a lightweight. And I've been seeing you working with Jerickson Profar, and it's yeah. out there that he's had the issues. What are you working on, and where do you where do you want to see him get to? I want him to feel comfortable first and foremost. Um, you know, everybody's talked about it. He knows everybody's talked about it. He knows what has happened, um, and. Comfort level and rhythm and timing are really important for him. So we don't overdo it, 
We, we make sure that we get our work done. We make sure that he feels comfortable going into the game. And, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks, three weeks, he's turned some double plays nicely. He's, he's getting to the point where he's feeling more comfortable with it. Um, you know, and it, my job in that regard is just to make him feel that he's got his rhythm, that he's got his timing, and he's prepared for that particular game. Marcus Simeon at one point led the league in all of baseball and airs. And now we don't even think about that. Just, just right. he plays every day. He plays hard. He's got. He's on a career high hitting streak right now. The American League Player of the Week. He leads by example. What have you seen from Marcus Simeon since you got here? Well, I, I heard things. You know, I, I didn't have, you know, the ability to see it in person, for sure. But I heard things. And the first day of spring training, when I got a chance to interact with him, was that you know what, that's all done. We're done with that. That's all over with. So Marcus is, is in a mode right now where he has practical practice. So you'll see him, anybody that comes out to the ballpark early and watches our batting practice, it's one thing to take a grounder. Everybody does that. But Marcus works on every situation that could possibly come up during the course of a game. So he takes his ground balls and flips to second base. That's all standard. But he also plays in the hole and makes sure he has that accurate throw and that feel as if we're playing the shift against Albert Pujols or the other way around. Uh, the fact that he's such a great athlete, we send him from shortstop all the way into right field when we play the shift. So the, those, all those things give our pitching staff and our other players comfort level. And he's accepted that responsibility, and I think he's flourishing. I, I think... You know, I, I think that all that stuff is in the past now, and he's able to fluidly play the game, and we can see what he can do. We talked to Marcus earlier, and he mentioned you talking about all the shifting and when to shift, when not to shift. How has that been for you as someone who sets the defense? It's so different where, you, where baseball is going. It's, it's a different game today, that's for sure. It's a game that uh, you know, defense is at a premium. There's so many balls flying out of the ballpark that you have to get the outs you can get. And so it's part of my job. It's part of my job to evaluate that. I work with the front office in that regard, and, and we set that defense that particular day. That being said, they're willing. Mark, I told Marcus, hey, we've got to shift this guy. It, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He just, we do it. And so we're all on the same page. We're all on the same end of the rope, pulling as hard as we can to win. And like I said, those willing participants are ultra important. Do you like the record home runs going out right now? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's exciting for the game, I guess. Um, you know, it's a little different now because of the, all of the defensive metrics that we have where, you know, that, that ball doesn't bounce up the middle very often anymore. So the guys are trying to lift that ball to, to get a base hit and more balls are flying out. So, it, yeah, I mean, does it, is it great? We're a power-hitting club, so it probably fits us pretty well. Can you imagine you hitting with this live ball? I don't know, man. Come I, on. I, 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 Come I, on. I, I just – I used to swing hard in case I hit it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're in Arizona playing with this ball? I don't know. I swung and missed a lot, off a lot, too. Oh, you know. you're really good. You were really good. <laughs> hey, let, I, I have people ask me this, and it's an old-school question. We'll end on this. I remember when I was a kid going to games in the 70s, they took infield every game. You yeah. had the outfield. You know, you throw to second, throw to third, throw to home. Then – Outfielders have come off, and you do all this stuff on the infield. You used to do that in your career. I do. Fans love watching. You know, I remember Dave Winfield, because I grew up in San Diego. Dave Winfield out in right field for the Padres, showing off that arm, right? He right. loved doing it. Yeah. Why do we not do that anymore? I Well, I think there's a few issues. One, one, we've pushed batting practice back so far prior to the game that there's really no time. So by the time the Mariners get off today, they'll have 35 minutes before the start of the game to get in and, and, and get ready and prepared. So they push batting practice back, so it doesn't allow that. Oftentimes you'll see, as, as we were talking before we went on, teams will do it prior to their own batting practice, take the infield early and make sure that they have all their outfielders throw to the bases. Um, the coaching is a little bit different too. Uh, as an example, during our batting practice, Rhino will hit all the outfielders, grounders, and they'll throw to the bases during the time we're taking batting practice. So the goals are accomplished. Um, it's just not in that formal format anymore. Well, I could talk baseball with you all day long. I appreciate the it. The greatness of Carson City, Thanks. UNLV. Great to see you. And you're a great player and a great coach. Thank you so much for the time. You got it anytime, man. What a great addition Matt Williams is to this staff. And, and, and to have him here at the perfect time, 
as Matt Chapman just blossoms in front of our eyes as one of the best players in the league. And to have Matt Williams there to guide him through that is big for the organization. Josh Fegley, here's a guy that down at spring training when we were down in Mesa, it was believed he was the odd man out. Herman and Hundley were going to be the catchers. Herman gets hurt, Josh Fegley now in. And Josh Fegley started hitting and hitting and driving in runs and hitting and driving in runs, throwing runners out, calling good games. And for the first time in his career, he's really healthy, made some swing changes in the offseason. Josh Fegley all around has been a great addition for this ball club, and he is your starting catcher. Here is Josh Fegley on A's Cast Live. Josh Fegley, what would happen in today's uh, baseball if a pitcher threw 169 pitches? That might be like a three-week vacation after that start, <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, just just IL him to get a new guy so we can rest him. I mean, it's unbelievable the workload that these pitchers had years ago. And the one thing I asked him, and, of course, you, you, you're the guy that's got to help pitchers get through games, is less and less – are we seeing, especially, I don't even think with this start when you were in the minor leagues, it's really right now. These guys pitch so little, they don't really learn how to pitch out of jams, right? It's like throw as hard as you can for five innings and, and you're out. Have did, did you see that in your minor league career, or is that something that is more new from when you were in the minors? Well, I feel like um, in the minors, they're developing. Um, they've got guys they need to get on the mound that night. Like, you know, we've got four relievers that need to throw tonight, so you're going five. Um, I feel like uh, you say not being able to pitch out of jams. I just feel like they're pretty good at pitching themselves into jams maybe quite often. But, um, yeah, it's just it, times are changing, and, and the, the bullpens are super strong now, the, very weighted in that department. So the starters are – you know, less and less having to go deeper in games. You know, everybody wants to talk about your offense right now, and we will because we should. But I want to talk about your defense. From the standpoint of, for you, there has to be so much studying going on into a series like this. Like you mentioned, all the guys that are coming out. We have a record number of bullpen guys coming out. That means you have to be ready for each guy that night and studying the other team's hitters. How much studying do you do? I mean, we're looking at those reports. You know, we have meetings every day, um, you know, with the starter on the lineup. Um, you know, we haven't seen these guys since April, so we had an advanced meeting. We went over every one of their hitters, um, you know, how to pitch them left versus left versus right. Um, and, yeah, we're expected to know that. I go out there with the wristband with the notes on it, too, during the game. So um, the information is always there. It's a ton of information, but then you also have to know your pitcher, and don't you have to know what makes him tick? Absolutely, and I think, um, you know, there is quite a bit of studying going on. However, your bullpen guys are there because of their stuff, and they know how to pitch. They know what they want to do. So a lot of it, a lot of it is just pitching their game. You know, you, you talk about a guy like uh, Petit who comes in, and he, he knows what he wants to do. He knows what pitches are effective, and he, he pitches the same pretty much every time. So uh, he knows the reports as well. He knows where to go. Um, you know, he doesn't throw in a lot, but when the report says to throw this guy in, he, he does. Um, but, you know, those guys are they're specialized in what they do, so we throw their game. We stick to their strengths. We see more shifting now than ever before, and now we're seeing the shifting on right-handed hitters. As a catcher, when you're calling the game and you're, and you're throwing down the signs, are you thinking about way, the way you want the pitcher to throw and also what the defense is doing behind him? Um, I feel like, you know, we pitch them, you know, to the pitcher's strengths and, you know, away from some of the hitter's tendencies. And, you know, the hitter's going to hit the ball where he usually hits it. And so, you know, the scouting department does their job of we're going to shift because this is where the guy usually hits the ball. You know, it's not because we're shifted to the left, so we're going to pitch him in to make sure he hits it to the left. That's just what he does, you know, when we, you know, throw off speed down and away. He gets out front and pulls it or, you know, it's kind of – you know, our game doesn't really change. Uh, the defense shifts to accommodate, you know, our plan and how, how we pitch guys. And let's get to you throwing the baseball. You're having a fantastic year throwing the baseball. How are you feeling? feel good. feel great. I feel like um, that's been one of my strongest assets, uh, you know, in my career as a catcher and my strong arm and being accurate. And 
that's the part I think I enjoy the most, throwing guys out. And, you know, that's an out. You know, if the pitchers can give me a time and, uh, you know, the, the, the runner's not too fast and gets a good jump, uh, I can get us some free outs that way. So I enjoy that a lot. I've kind of enjoyed watching you throw the baseball and watching guys challenge you. It's a little – I mean, we got to a point where we weren't seeing anybody steal bases, right? No one was trying to steal – it's been fun this year seeing that and seeing the success that you've had. Yeah, and that happens a lot where, you know, I'm, if I'm throwing the ball well, the guys just don't steal unless they can, you know, maybe get off of a, a slower time from the pitcher. And, and a lot of times our pitchers, um, especially late in the game, some of our bullpen guys, it's more important for us, for them to execute their pitches than to – slide step and be quick, you know, and leave stuff up in the zone. So they'll, they'll, I'll go through a stretch where no one runs unless they can for sure get it, and I'm not throwing them out, and, and then it's it's kind of frustrating. But I, I just keep the thought in the back of my head that when guys aren't running, I'm doing my job. You know, I'm keeping them at first. They know I can throw, um, and that keeps the double plays in line, keeps guys out of scoring position. How much right now your success this year is just based on you're healthy? <laughs> a lot, a lot. I feel like um, you can't be successful if you're not in the game. And, you know, getting those consistent at-bats, getting, you know, consistent time behind the plate, you know, I'm throwing the ball well, catching well, um, having success at the plate. Um, you know, that just comes from repetitions and getting used to the time. And, and you can't do that when you're hurt. And, you know, I've gone through some ups and downs. Um, I've been healthy and not played. I've been, you know, unhealthy and not played. It's – it's kind of it's been a roller coaster ride, but um, that's staying healthy is the name of the game. The best ability, availability. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and you've had Absolutely. it this year. You're third in catchers right now in RBIs, and everybody's been praising you a lot on your offense. I want to get to your play calling and your defense because I know uh, catchers. That's the thing that means most. The the offense is really you know it's the icing on the cake. But talk about. What's been different for you this year? I know you made an adjustment in the offseason. What, what's really led to this this uh, start for you offensively? Yeah, I mean, I, I made some minor adjustments just to kind of be in the zone easier, um, not be so rotational. And I think my swing is, you know, I, I if you want to get into the numbers, I think, you know, my fly ball rate is up and I'm not grounding out as much. And, you know, when you get rotational and pull off pitches, anything off speed, you're just going to roll soft to the left side. And I've done that a lot in my career. But, um there's also that confidence where if I don't feel right, you know, today and I, I have some bad at-bats, I can make an adjustment. I know I'm going to get another crack tomorrow, and it's it's not something I have to dwell on and, and, and try to figure out for three, four days, and then, all right, I've got three at-bats to prove that, you know, I, I've got it back in sync, and then it happens to not be there, and then I've got three or four more days to think about it. And so it's it's just being consistent and, and getting a feel for the game as well as, as seeing a lot more pitches. You know, I'm seeing – you know, a lot of sliders, so it's easier for me to kind of take those down and away when I see, you know, 30 a week instead of four. So, um, you know, anybody's going to get better with more playing time, and I feel like uh, I've had some success this year. Yeah, sometimes you just really need that shot, and people just don't understand. It's like like you play on Monday, and now you don't come back and play till Friday. I mean, that that this game is too hard to really do that to have great success and obviously with you being healthy and getting off to a hot start you've earned everything you've gotten this year and I think one of the one of the things that's got to be really good for you and special is that the man that's running this ball club is a catcher too and Bob Melvin so there has to be that special relationship there yeah he's got a great understanding of what's going on and, and what it takes to be back there day in and day out and you know he's asking you know how you feeling do you, you know do you want to go the day game or the night game, that kind of stuff? Like, how do you feel? And, like, he, he understands the grind and, and the toll that takes on the body. So, um, as well as, you know, in years past when I was the backup, he know you know, he was the backup sometime, and um, he knows, hey, it's tough to hit like that, you know, when you're going in and having good at bats and grinding it out, you know, just keep, keep pressing. So, um, nobody better to play for. Let's end on this. The bullpen numbers from – Last year to this year, dramatically different. But I'm trying to tell everybody on the post-game show, Trinan's still throwing the same stuff. Trevino's still throwing the same. Like, like the velocity and the movement and that stuff. Is, is there a difference in what you've seen from the back of the bullpen, or is their stuff pretty much still the same? Well, I mean, you know, just like hitters, you know, you can still swing as hard as you're normally swinging, but something out of, you know, a little thing, little tick here, little tick there that's off can change, you know, the way y your pitches play. 
And I feel like, um, you know, for I, I feel like Lou Trevino is a, a hot topic right now. And, and, you know, he can tell you right now that his fastball isn't playing the way it normally does. The velocity is there. But some of the, you know, some of the ride deception, um, you know, his cutter, it's just as hard as it normally is, but the shape is a little different. And sometimes that, you know, his pitches complement each other. You know, his cutter looks like his fastball the whole way and then takes off. Normally, you know, it, it has a little different shape right now. And I think just like anyone else on the field, you know, you can go into these ups and downs, these slumps where you're kind of – you're just a tick off mechanically and it can change the way your stuff plays. So um, that's baseball. And I feel like none of us are – are worried about those guys. They're our horses. They've been our horses. Um, we feel confident when they're on the field every time. And, and I know they're going through some ups and downs, but um, that, that'll pass soon. We appreciate you stopping by. It's great to have guys coming right from the batting cage. This is really cool, as, uh, and it's, a, it's an experience that baseball fans have never had before. So we appreciate the time. Keep doing what you're doing because defensively, offensively, you've been fantastic this year. We've been rooting for you. And help this team get on that hot start we normally see the A's get on in June. It's about that time, I think. It's about that time. No doubt he's one of the best stories of the year. I mean, there are a lot of them for the A's, but Josh Fegley as a story is unbelievable. And, and to watch him at 31 years old finally get an opportunity and make it happen, I think is really, really cool, and it's a lot of fun to watch. And our last one for you here on A's Unfiltered is the pitching coach. And we all love Emo. Scott Emerson is such a great guy, and he's so good because, you know, he wants to do radio. He did radio. And if he wasn't in baseball, he probably would have been in radio. But he's very smart when handling the staff. Not all pitching coaches are like that because you really need to resonate with, think about it with the A's, all 13 guys. You've got 13 different guys with 13 different types of egos, emotions, strengths, weaknesses, pitches, and you got to deal with all 13, and you got to make sure all 13 are humming all at the same time, which is not easy to do. He truly is one of the best in the business. Scott Emerson, the pitching coach of the Oakland Athletics, joining us here on Ace Cast Live. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. And you're, uh, this is what you should have, if you weren't pitching coach and you weren't pro ball, this is what you'd be, you'd be in radio. Well, I, I like to talk, you know, I, I got no problem talking, but, uh, you know, what you guys do every day is you get to, you get to see the game, you get to analyze it from a different perspective, and, uh, you know, what we do is we analyze it continuously and that you know that's a, that's a tough job in itself but sometimes you you want to do that uh, backseat quarterback and then analyze it from the day before and and you know as a coach you do a lot of that and seeing how we can uh, you know fix our pitchers or what we did wrong or what we did right we, we can't forget the things that we're doing right you know just as much as we are trying to fix the problems that sometimes that occur so it's a lot of fun uh, and uh, you know Radio and TV might be in my future at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> well, like yesterday, like I, yesterday's loss just, it upset me. And I went off on the postgame show yesterday, and it was like, and I got to think, if I feel this way, how are you feeling after a tough loss as a pitching coach? Yeah, the, you know, no one wants to lose baseball games. You know, you just go home and, and uh, you know, I can't wipe it off. You know, I, I got to try to uh, figure out a, a – uh, solution to the problem I'll, I'll ask why and that's one thing you know maybe I take it too hard too much but you know we all want to win and we want to get the players to reach their maximum potential so each and every day uh, losses hurt but you, you do it on wins too you go home and you think about the wins you think about the losses and you just want to try to better the players uh, each and every day which in return will better the team each pitcher is different each guy whether it's starters it's relievers what makes them tick? How important is it for you to be able to get in between their ears and in their mind to really figure out how to make each guy better? Well, we got, uh, you know, 13 pitchers here, 13 different corporations. That's the way I see it. And, I, you know, I tell the pitchers, I don't work for you, you don't work for me, we work together. And at the end of the day, our goal is for them to reach their maximum potential. So each, each guy has a different drop-down menu, per se, and you, you check the boxes in different ways for every pitcher. Some guys you got to be a little tougher on. Some guys you got to be a little bit easier on. 
some guys you can't give too much information. You just got to try to find to develop that relationship with each and every pitcher, see how they all tick, and and go from there. And that's the interesting part of the job, you know. And there there are 13 different people, 13 different personalities, and you know we have certain guidelines that we like to have, but nothing's you know black and white. You know you got to have that gray area when you're dealing with 13 different people, 13 different pitchers, and 13 different personalities. Frankie Montas, it's just like everything in his life has come together at the right time. Married, child, split finger, you know, like everything is just, what have you seen with your right-hander where he's just turned into be a really special guy for you? Well, what we were talking about uh, off the air, you know, what comes first, the the, the results or the confidence, you know. Once you gain results and and you can see them, you're going to start gaining some confidence. Uh, You know, everybody's talking about the split finger, and, and we've been working on that for a little over a year now, but... The fastball command to both sides of the plate, the movement at 97 miles an hour, and uh, his slider velocity has increased as well. So you got something breaking away from a right-hander. You got something moving down and in from a right-hander, whether it be the split finger at 90 or the fastball at 97. And then you know we're incorporating some four seamers at the top of the zone. You know the game's moving to more top of the zone uh, fastballs. But when you got guys with good plus sync that we have on this team, you can't avoid them throwing and change everything at, 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 in one season. You know, Frankie's, that's his game. That's been his game. Uh, we know that uh, the four-seam fastball is going to play into his game at some point in time in his career, and we'll kind of wait to see how many he starts throwing here in the next few years. But, um, you know, I think he's taken off and, and the confidence, and he's seeing that he belongs here. You know, I, I always say, you know, give pitcher, give a major league pitcher 55, 60 starts and let them feel themselves around the league a little bit before you really make a big evaluation on him. And now it's time where, you know, we can see what he's doing and it's it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Let's see what he does the rest of the year and we'll move on from there. Yeah, you mentioned pitching up in the zone. It's 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 the way we were taught to play baseball back in the day. We were taught as pitchers to live down in the zone, build your house down in the zone. As hitters, we were taught to hit everything back up the middle, but now there's a defender playing there. It's like it, it, Things have changed so much in what we've taught these athletes to do, and the game the game just keeps evolving. Yeah, you know, uh, the one the one pitch that I still love is the changeup. You know, if hitting is time and pitching is disruption of timing. So if we can disrupt the timing of the hitter, we can disrupt the, the quote-unquote launch angle. You know, these guys want the ball down so they can elevate it. But you're seeing a lot of guys, especially young kids nowadays, uh, are being, te- uh, being taught this launch angle swing, and it's really not a swing, it's an approach. You know, if you, you listen to the good hitting coaches, which in my opinion we have the best one in the league in Darren Bush, you know, we, we have an incredible launch angle per se as, as a unit, but he's not in there preaching swing up to the baseball, you know. So he, you know, stay in your legs, get down through it, short to it, long through it, whatever the hitting guys to talk about. But, um, you know, I, I see a lot of kids and a lot of guys come into professional baseball and they create this, this uphill swing and they're late and they're tardy. So that's why the pitching is decided, all right, if you're going to be late and you're tardy and long and you're up through the ball, we're going to pitch at the top of the strike zone. So, you know, that's what we're seeing a lot of pitchers do. But when you have guys like the Montases, the uh, Trevinos, and the Trainins, and, and they got good velo, it doesn't really matter where they pitch as long as they're disrupting the timing of the hitter and being unpredictable. Can a guy that has that kind of great stuff get into his own head and start thinking about all these different pitches that he can throw and you can just look at him and go, you throw 98, your cutter's 94, get on the mound and just attack. Well, the the, uh, the evolution of um, technology is changing a lot of pitchers, some for the better and some for the worse. You know, you, you got a guy, you know, you got the, 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 the track man technology, the Rapsodo technology that tells you your spin rates and your your movements, your horizontal break, your vertical break, and and sometimes it's hard to go from great to, to, to greater, you know. The good pitchers generally can do whatever they want in the big leagues, and, and when you have an average pitcher trying to do too much, he gets in trouble, and not enough, he can get in trouble. So you got to watch the technology. You still got to be able to throw the baseball for strikes. This, this game, you know, I'm, I'm called a pitching coach for a reason. I'm not a throwing coach. So a lot of kids get into pro ball because of velocity, and they think velocity is the key to pitching, but it's not. Pitching is location, change of speeds, movement, and then velocity. If I can do all those things before the velocity, I'm going to be pretty good. 
If I can do two, or two, or two out of three at least, I'm going to be pretty good. But the foundation starts with strike one. You got to be able to throw strikes. Then you got to be able to move your baseball around with the fastball. The power of the fastball, we're losing, we're losing that. And that's why these games are taking forever because everybody's pitching to swing and miss. But if you can locate your fastball and throw timely breaking balls with good change-ups, you'll get the balls in play. And then when you get the two strikes, you'll punch guys out. So, you know, Frankie's a great example. We're, we're, he's changing speeds now. He's mixing in three pitches. So what, what's happened with his stuff? He's gotten better results, more swing and miss, more strikeouts, and he's done a heck of a job. And the one thing, like you think of Brett Anderson as someone who pitches to contact, it's like to tell young pitchers, listen, if you're up there going 3-2 on every count, trying to strike somebody out, these guys are all going to be sitting back on their heels. But if you're getting contact early and you're getting balls on the ground, it's going to be so much better for your defense. You keep them in rhythm and you keep them in the game. Is it hard to get guys to buy into that? Well, it, you know, as they come up through this generation of strikeouts, get, get you paid. You know, that, that's the one thing that, you know, a lot of pitchers are thinking about. But, you know, when I turn around and I look and we got Matt Chapman, Marcus Simeon, Profar and Matt Olson playing the infield, and three of those guys last year were in the running for the gold glove. Hey, I'm going to try to get the ball on the ground some, you know, and then when I get the two strikes, I want to punch you out. But, uh, you know, pitching to contact is, is, is awesome, but in reality, you want to pitch the soft contact, and that's where I'm talking about with the separation of the fastball and the changeup and, and the breaking ball when needed. And I'll keep saying this till I go to my grave. If, if hitting's timing, pitching is disruption of timing, I want to disrupt the timing of the hitter, move the ball in and out, up and down, back and forth. I want to be able to do it all here in the big leagues, be unpredictable. And when we do that, we get soft contact. And when we get soft contact, we get the ball on the ground and we get the game moving along. The baseball is different. So many people think it is. What's your opinion on the baseball today? Well, uh, you know, the... the the, the ball seems to be different. I don't know whether it is, but, you know, the mud we put on the ball, in my opinion, has been a little inconsistent. I don't know when guys are rubbing up the baseball. Some of the guys complain that the ball is like a cue ball or it's too chalky. But let's talk about the bats. Let's talk about the ash wood. Let's talk about how hard these baseball bats are. Let's talk about breaking bags. Hey, I, I, I'll be the first to tell you that my best pitch was my pickoff move. I'll tell you that right now. But I broke five, six bats a game. That's, going, not, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that's why I was coaching at 28 years old. Uh, you know, yeah. but I will tell you, even even me, a, 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 a soft toss and lefty per se, if you want to say 88 to 92 is soft, then I was soft, but I broke five or six bats a game. I don't see five or six bats a game breaking in the, in the big leagues too often. I mean, the guys yesterday, we had a bat blow up into like three or four pieces, and they were amazed at how bad that bat blew up. And I'm like, man, we blew those bats up all the time 20, 30 years ago. So, you know, I think the bats are harder. Uh, the baseballs, for me, they seem a little bit harder, and the seams aren't that high. Um, but when, when you're hitting a hard bat, it's almost like hitting with aluminum. You know, balls are going to go farther. We're seeing it at the big league level. We're now seeing it at the AAA level because they're using the big league ball. Home runs are flying out at, at a record rate. So it's it's got to be something. Well, I'd, I'd be interested in, in people talking about the bats more than the ball. I'll explore that because I've been exploring the ball. I didn't think about that. What do you think? It's the, the way they stain the bats or making them harder? Well, I think, you know, uh, from what I understand, uh, ash wood's harder than maple, right? So, uh, or harder than whatever wood they use. So maybe there, there's a, a reason for all this. Uh, it, it could be in the bat. I'll start looking into it. Hey, That's what I do. <laughs> I got hours every day to figure it out. Let's figure it out. Let's end on this. What's your favorite thing about your job? Uh, just just watching guys go out and compete every day. Uh, you know, I, I love coming to the yard and watching pitching and watching guys create their 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 day out there on the mound. Um, you know, I have a lot of fun just sitting back, enjoying the moment, watching these guys, and hopefully contributing to their day. Um, you know, I'm there for them. I want them to succeed. Uh, obviously, we want to win baseball games for the organization. We got a great organization, and. Uh, you know, sometimes the tough part is sometimes you got to be dad and give a dose of reality to some guys and, and let them know how, how we're feeling. But, you know, we got a great group of guys. I'm telling you, these guys work hard every day. You know, you show up at, 
at noon and, and the players get here a little bit after and they're in the weight room doing their stuff with Josh Cuffey and in the training room with Nick Paparesta and doing their stuff. And you don't have to beg for them to work. And, and that's the best part of the job is you don't have to beg for them to work. You got an ear for them. You're, you're watching the video with them and for them and trying to help them out in any way you can. But sometimes good coaching is, is sitting back and per se no coaching. You know, I, I, like to, I like to let the players come to me a little bit. When I got to go to them, I'm going to go to them. But, you know, I see a lot of overcoaching. These guys are here for a reason because they're good. And, you know, we got to keep them good. And uh, I just enjoy these guys coming out there and, and, and throwing a rock around the mound and, and throwing strikes and, and putting hitters away. And it's a lot of fun when we're pitching good. You know, I read that scouting report. It did say one hell of a pickoff move. One heck of a pickoff <laughs> move. Yeah, it's probably on the Internet somewhere, soft, soft, and lefty. How can, a, how can a guy your size be your size being a, a soft, soft, and lefty? I don't know. I kind of make it up. But uh, – I like to. I like to, if you can't bag on yourself, who you, you can't bag on anybody else. But you know, one thing that we need to explore too, and, and if you've seen the movie the Fastball, I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah. Really, really good movie. But how the velocity is now uh, calculated? It's at 55 feet. So once the ball gets from 55 feet from the front edge of home plate, they measure their, or they they put it on time. So. You know, we had these old radar guns where these scouts had to hold it with like a bazooka and, and, and it was plugged into a wall or something, and, and that's how they got the velocities. And nowadays, you know, I got a little pocket radar thing that's the size of a cell phone that can give me some velos, and I think they run a little hot. So, you know, all the guys that say uh, that they're throwing at 95 to 100, maybe a few years ago under those radar guns might not be that hot. I wish those guns would have been hot when I was in college because they weren't giving no it. Maxing out at 88, 89 for a 5'10 right-hander, <laughs> no chance. Hey, you're the best. Thank you for coming out. And uh, let's get the – this June thing that normally happens with the A's where they start to get hot, let's start that going tonight. Let's get it rolling. Emo, you're the best, my friend. I appreciate it. Scott Emerson, the pitching coach for your Oakland Athletics. Commander Cody, we got one minute left. What a show this has been. Jim Palmer was out. We were talking to him about jockey. I grew up an Oriole fan. I was born in Baltimore, so I watched Jim Palmer a lot. And, uh, you know, if – you know, watching the, the Orioles, you know, I like kicking their butts, by the yeah. way. But, uh, you know, that that's probably my second favorite team in the big leagues. Just because I grew up an Orioles fan, I was drafted by them and signed with them. But uh, let's go out and get them tonight. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of A's Unfiltered. Great to hear from Marcus Simeon, Matt Williams, Josh Fegley, and Scott Emerson. Make sure you meet us out at the ballpark. Come see me at the treehouse. I'm there every day for about an hour before the game with A's Total Access. And, of course, I'm on the field Monday through Friday doing A's Cast Live. And when it's a home game at 7 o'clock, we're there from 4 to 6. And when it's a day game, well, we're there from from when the game's over till 7 o'clock at night. Always be listening to A's Cast Powered by TuneIn. By tune in and always check out A's Cast Live, our weekly live show Monday through Friday. Have a great day, everybody. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.